Joining me now on the phone is Nusheen Shalari Bowman. She is the host of the Wired KC podcast and a member of our local church here, the Life Church of Kansas City, Missouri. I want to give some shout-outs to her awesome husband, Simeon, and her brother and sisters-in-law, Malachi, Gabby, and Amaris. Sister Nusheen, how you doing today? I am doing great. It's great to be on the phone with you. Wow, thank you so much. Yeah, life's not so bad, right? We're getting through this. And uh, I'm just thankful for people that like you, that uh, you're, you're one of those people that have always got a smile on your face on Sunday morning at church. And uh, it's good for us, some of us that can be a little bit pessimistic, to be reminded that uh, God is good and life is good. So we appreciate all of the optimism uh, that you bring to the church and also to your epic podcast. It is a, it's a podcast, right, that it's real estate. You primarily focus it on, on women, correct? I do, yeah. So I launched the podcast a few months ago and, you know, started, it started out as I just wanted to capture, you know, how do people start investing in real estate and sharing stories of different women that have experience, you know, going through buying a property selling a property, doing big, big deals, but taking it back to where they all started to, to get younger people like me inspired to invest in real estate and invest in their future. I love it because right now I'm seeing now hiring signs literally everywhere. It's like people don't want to work. And that's uh, one of the reasons why I love your podcast. And even though it is meant for women, I learned quite a few things on there because a guy can learn something from it, right? I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> great information out there, but it's really just coming from a, obviously a, a feminine perspective. And then all of your guests on there are very accomplished uh, real estate professionals here in the area. And there's, there's just a lot of money to be made. And if there's money to be made, why not go make it right? Right, exactly. Yeah. And I think the perspective that um, women and men bring are very different, but very unique. And women have a more nurturing, caring uh, feel towards the community and want to make an impact in that way, um, where men are really focused and driven to um, complete the deal and, you know, keep us on track and all of those things. So I feel like a lot of times you need both, right? Right. <laughs> to collaborate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. We, we, yeah. Let's just start right here. Okay. I won't use, I won't, I, I would never use a male realtor. I never would, probably really? for the reasons you said that. Yeah. Well, I asked some advice from a trusted individual in my life. I said, I said uh, to this man, and it wasn't a family member actually. It was not my mom or dad or anybody. It was it was another guy that I know who knows a thing or two about uh, business and stuff. And I, I said, who should my realtor be? And he said, you need to get a middle aged woman. He said, don't work with a man. Get a man. <laughs> And you know what I did? And we got a great house. But you're exactly right. The feminine perspective uh, certainly, I, I don't know, knows how to look for little things that you want to in buying a house and buying properties and uh, things like that. Because God made men and women different, right? We're all, we're all right, different. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's yeah. cool. And 
So I know there's a lot of uh, ladies out there that are really looking into doing something, doing something big. And real estate may be their main goal. It may start out as like a little side gig, as they say right now, you know, things like that. But um, I get, you know, and this is kind of a, I'm calling this a God and career, um, a God and career themed episode. Let's, uh, you know, the thing that people need to be doing is becoming employable. That's kind of the goal into beginning a family and things like that. And becoming employable begins with education. Why don't you tell us about your education? Yeah, so so I started out um, really, really wanting to go to med school. And I said, okay, how do I get there? You know, so I'm going to go to college. I'm going to be pre-med. Obviously, I figured out that that wasn't a major. So big culture shock about college. You can't major in pre-med. Mm. Um, so I said, okay, what's close enough where if I didn't make it into med school, if I changed my mind, how could I get a job and what degree could I get a pretty good job in? So I kind of looked around and I stumbled upon chemical engineering um, and Whoa. looked at a bunch of programs around and a lot of the classes aligned with all the pre-med classes I needed to take. So um, was it too much more than what I was already going to do? Um, a lot more math and physics definitely than I had expected. Um, but, you know, after that, I said, okay, let's do this. So I applied to KU pretty late, um, University of Kansas here for, for anyone that's out of state and doesn't know. Um, and there was a really good scholarship at the time, you know, back when the oil and gas industry was hot. Um, and so mm. I basically applied and got in and got some really nice scholarships that they were offering and was able to go to school for free um, and even get paid a little bit on top of that, um, you know, for housing and whatnot. So that was really, really great. And I think my biggest takeaway to prepare for employment from your education is make connections with your professors that are doing work with companies, make connections mm. and, and really deep relationships, not just, you know, you're showing up at office hours just to get the task done, but really get to know your classmates, your professors, uh, the companies that your school is interacting with. And that kind of sets you up, not just for discipleship in the future, but also for a career as well. Absolutely. So chemical engineering. Now, okay, now when I think of real estate, the first thing that does not come to my mind is chemical engineering. <laughs> But that's fun, yeah. funny, and I can relate to that because I have a bachelor's in theological studies. And my first uh, career outside of school was not ministry. It was, it was actually um, a financial service representative. I, I sold life insurance, annuities, long-term care, various forms of investment. Uh, God had a different plan for me, my life. I didn't, I didn't stay with it for very long, but I was, I had a very successful first year. And I remember, you know, the job just, I, I knew somebody like you're talking about relationships. I knew somebody that was in it. So I thought I'd sign up for that. And I remember thinking, walking in with my resume, having a, a bachelor's in theology, like I'm not going to get an education. They're looking for people that have business degrees and stuff, but I don't know what it was. My interviewer loved my education. 
And I think a lot of times education, it's, it's like employers don't really care what it is. They, if you can, you know, accomplish something at a school like KU, then you can accomplish what they want you to do at the company. Is that kind of how employers are thinking? Yeah. So what I've heard is people think about how do you think about and solve a complex problem is the first thing. And then the second thing is, can you work hard at something? So obviously in theological studies, you have to study a lot, read a lot, you know, you have Ugh. a lot of things going on. And so you ever. you're able to, yeah. And so you're able to manage all of those things. And I think that proves to an employer that you're capable of taking on all the things that they have ready, ready to put on your plate. So. Awesome. So chemical engineering. So could you uh, make something uh, to blow something up? I could, if I tried, <laughs> I might be, I might be off a couple decimals. I'm pretty rusty on my math. But... <laughs> wow. So did they teach you how to make things like hairspray and uh, things like that? Well, we, we didn't learn as cool of things like that, but we learned how to make soap, which was pretty neat. Ah. Um, and polyethylene glycol was our um, senior design project, which goes into a lot of antifreeze and plastics that we mm. all use every day. So, yeah, well, that type of education is really wide range, I think. True. And True. I think a lot of educations can do that. You know, even if you have a education like oceanography or geese migration or something like that right. <laughs> you know there's just no telling but education is important it makes you powerful right and yeah. uh having that on your resume is impressive so uh well go KU go Jayhawks uh KU That's alumni that. are yeah KU alumni are awesome but I, I think it's just important to become employable whether it's through college college education is is probably the best place to get it but not everybody has access to that but becoming employable in other means is a very important that'll propel you uh, into beginning a good career so now the the interview is is we've talked about that a little bit already but going to it more interviews make me nervous and you know you got to know how to interview well to get a job right uh, what was okay. your uh first of all what, what what is your position in your company that that you are at and how is your interview a process with them. Yeah, so I work for Deloitte Consulting. Um, I am a consultant with them. It's I've been here with the firm for two years, and I primarily do work in the med tech space. So all the hip replacement companies, different pharma companies, uh, medical devices, um, gene therapy drugs. So I I work with those companies on how to bring more of a digital approach to everything that they're doing. So what's their roadmap for hiring people to be more digi digital? How do they mm. plug in their manufacturing systems to be on an app so people can control it better? Um, how do we measure things like performance when things are shut down? You know, And then when there's a complaint that comes in, what do we do about it on the manufacturing side and how do we set up that strategy? Um, to get everyone aligned on a regular basis. So that's kind of what I do a little bit, but I can talk a little bit about um, what the interview process looks like because I, I actually help interview as well. So it's pretty, pretty grueling, I would say. Oh. It starts out with... That's what uh, we're afraid of, grueling. <laughs> 
it starts with an hour long behavioral interview. So, you oh know, just God. your typical, typical interview that you would go through for any job. Uh, but then there are two case studies. So one of them is more of a short case study. It's only 30 minutes and they go through a sample of, um, you know, here's a company and they're looking to do X, Y, Z. What would your approach be? What's your tactic, right? And then we have another hour long case study where you're actually giving a presentation, you know, to a group of people. So it's more of a panel discussion, but um, I think the main thing that they're looking for is, you know, how can you solve problems back to that point is I, when I did my case studies, I had no idea what I was talking about. And to the point where my interviewer said, everything you said sounds good, but none of it makes sense. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> oh. So, you know, and my response back was like, well, if you could explain to me, you know, the schematic and uh, everything that actually uh, is the content that I should know, um, then I would love to come up with another strategy. And so we kind of talked through that process, but the ability to have that boldness, have that problem solving, to go through the interview is really what they're looking for. Awesome, that's a great job, a great career. And it's just so neat to me that you're able to balance all of that and still have a deep passion for real estate investment and to podcast about it. So the the market has, I'm sure, changed a lot since COVID-19. I know I'm getting offers all the time, you know, how mm-hmm. how much my, my the value of my home has increased and people are wanting me to sell. And I'm it's so tempting, you know, but I'm thinking, where am I going to go <laughs> after that, right? <laughs> but, uh you know, real estate people, it seems like to me, they always know how to make money no matter where the market is right now. So tell us right now, if somebody is getting, just getting into it or into it a little bit right now, what do you think are the uh, big things to really focus on? Obviously you want to focus on what you know best, but uh, what's big right now, just buying land or, or buying pre-existing stuff to create a, a rental business park or, you know, what's something that's really caught your eye lately? Yeah, so I think how I think about real estate is my heart needs to be right first with God and I need to be focused on the kingdom, right? And you look in the Bible and you see a lot of really good examples of real estate investing, just of overall investing in general. I mean, I think that the Jewish population um, that I was familiar with growing up, they were all very financially literate. All, most of all of them invested in real estate. But I would say as far as now and, and today, I think the big things are, you know, small four units or two unit homes. Um, land has been a really big thing and mobile parks have also really shot up as a hot market. But I think the key here is what can you afford, right? And how much can you invest in it or put into it to make it a little bit better and then rent it out and sell it after a few few years and then kind of rinse and repeat. Hmm, this is just basic economics, buy low and sell big, right? <laughs> right. Very true. Very true. It's 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 pretty simple, but it also takes a lot of a lot of hard work at points. 
Um, I actually came across uh, a few verses in the Bible, which were really interesting to me. And I, I hadn't, um, you know, thought of them in this way until I was thinking about uh, our conversation, Justin, actually. Um, in Proverbs 31, 16 through 18, it says, she considereth a field and buyeth it with her with the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. Mm. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. So she puts in work, right? She puts in effort. Yeah. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. So she is able to, you know, sell her her plants that she's planted and her the fruit from her vineyard. And it says, the Bible says, her candle goeth not out by night. So she, God has blessed her land, right? God has blessed the things that she has put her effort into um, and that she has invested in the land to make it better than she found it um, originally. And so when I think about real estate investing is we are blessed with a home or blessed with a property to buy, right? And we need to put in some work to improve it in some sort of way. But that will produce fruit. That will produce cash flow for us to collect on, and we can we can take that cash flow then, and put it into another property, right? And then we have two properties. So God just blesses in this multiplicable way, just like we make disciples. You know, you or we talk about uh, you plant a seed, you have an apple tree, right? And then you have so many seeds from the apple tree. Um, it's kind of it works kind of that same way. Wow. That's the virtuous woman. She was a real estate investor. And and like you're talking about, had the feminine perspective. (laughs) That's why she was so successful. Well, yeah, you look at the virtuous woman there. Yes, she took care of the house, but if there was a profit to be made, she made it. And that was a part of the virtuous woman. And I want want to ask you a question. So I, I hear this. I used to hear it a lot kind of growing up, not so much now, but it's still here and there. I think a lot of women have this, they're kind of torn with the idea, you know, they want to be a mom someday. And they're wondering, how can I be a mom and have a career? And we're learning that you can have both. And Mm -hmm. actually, you know, it's, I I think a lot of husbands out there, they want their wife to take their education and their skills and do something to bless the family. Is there anything that you can say, you know, to a lady right now that just feels like, why do I want to go get an education? Why do I want to work? I, I know I could, but, you know, is it possible to do that? Do you have any, any words of wisdom to overcome that fear for somebody that's thinking that way? Yeah, so my mentality about motherhood and, you know, careers is, my thought is you should work really hard very early on before you have children, right? To build that good cushion and that good foundation. So, you know, this is in your early 20s and your teens, it's a really good time, you know, before you have children to kind of set up your life financially, right? And invest in the right things. So going, I mean, going back to that verse, right? We, she considered the field and and she put in work, right? She put, she had to strengthen her arms. And so, she's you're basically you know putting in that effort initially to create that cushion right and 
but what I think what's really difficult for women these days is taking that really strenuous career into then raising children as well. It's like, when do you find time, you know, to raise two or three kids or even one is, is plenty, but how do you find time to raise children and also focus on your career? I think being a mom is, is a natural gift that God has given us. And so Amen. we want to embrace it. We want to spend time with our children and nourish them and, and raise them in a meaningful way. Um, and, you know, I think it's so that it's important to invest early, right? So that when you do get to that stage where you do have children, you can have passive income coming in from all of the assets that you have set up with pretty minimal, you know, hands-on need. And then you have time to focus not only on your children, but you have, you know, your, your fruits that are bearing from the hard work that you've put in previously. So that's my, that's my mindset. And that's kind of where, how Simeon and I think about, um, you know, timing of when to have kids is at what point can, are we financially set to be able to support children? Of course. Well, that's good insight. Yeah. Uh, sister G, uh, does a lot. I call it online arbitrage. That's probably not the best word to, to say, but it's she finds stuff for next to nothing, buys it and sells it, fixes it up, makes a profit. And I I love that. You know, I love hearing you know these stories about these uh, these ladies that just know, like the virtuous woman, they just know how to turn a profit and be a blessing to the household. I love it, and I think that pleases God. And I, just, you know, even though the way the world is right now, I still think it's it's just an opportunity to get out and do something, go for it, and not only in real estate, but anything that somebody, you know, feels a passion for. And I feel inspired uh, hearing that. Uh, Sister Nusheen, you you came uh, to the Apostolic Faith in 2020, and it's okay. just awesome, you know, to to, to be there and see that. And it's just been, uh, you know, we're just so proud of you uh, at the church. Pastor is, all of our staff is, and uh, you're a worshiper. You know how to pray for people, and your walk with God is an inspiration to people. Uh, what was it like uh, leading up to your baptism, the, you know, the first several months after being filled with the Spirit? What was, what was kind of going on in your mind and heart during all of that time? So... I can, I can tell the whole story. I think, you know, so before we coming to church and all, all of this happening, um, Simeon and I had been together for a really long time. We'd, you know, been dating all through college and a healthy relationship, and, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Quote unquote, healthy relationship. And we had laid down the ground rule of we're not going to talk about God because we disagree about our, our views. And just kept moving forward. And that was a big mistake. And my lesson learned mm. to tell anyone who isn't talking about their beliefs and their relationships is that should be one of the first things you align on and talk about because it is so core and important to how we think, how we live, um, and, and everything else kind of follows from that. So we'd been together for a long time and we were engaged and excited to get married. 
uh, and just you know and then it was in the middle of the summer Simeon had quit his job because it wasn't you know it, it wasn't really great for him and he had been reading the bible lately because he felt like he didn't have a sense of purpose and he felt like this call to follow Jesus and to follow um and, and go towards the kingdom of God and so we had horrible fights over this it was like a month we would just scream at each other you know and and argue mm, and beautiful we've never had arguments like that in, in our entire lives I grew up in a family where my parents never really yelled much in the household and always very calm and so definitely not something not something I was used to and one day Simeon was like well I'm going to pack up my things and leave and you know I was like okay um and was totally okay and then we had a really kind of heartbreaking moment where it hit us like oh we weren't going to be together anymore um and so Simeon was walking out the door and I'm ran after him and I said, wait, come back. Let's try your Jesus prayer thing out and see how it goes, I guess. And we sat on the couch and held hands and um, he started praying and, you know, I closed my eyes and I felt these cold hands on my shoulders and just instantly there was peace in the room. Whoa. And I just, in that moment, I was like, this is real. And I knew that God was real and he had met us in the room there. And, mm. um, and it kept happening. I mean, you know, I was like, this is cool. I want to do this again. And so every, every night we would pray together for a few nights in a row. And I felt those same hands just bring peace back into the home. Um, Jesus. And yeah. And so after that, we came to church and um, felt, that same presence and that same peace and picked up that that trend um of okay there's there's the same god you know is following me around <laughs> and you know we finally were baptized and we're filled with the holy spirit and it's been quite a journey and an experience and our passion for god has just been growing more and more oh wow Wow. While we were all panicking about a lockdown and stuff, uh, God was me. <laughs> God was working on you all. Yeah. Wow. So you felt hands on you. Yeah. And, you and you turn around and there's nothing there. Nothing there. And they were cold. Yeah, cold. cold. But soothing mm -hmm. because it was a hot, it was a hot summer day. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I've I've felt that, and I've heard other people describe it. I I think it's the the angel of the Lord, who descends from that upper celestial cold atmosphere down to us here on the earth. You know, we're feeling the glory of God as they know it in that high heavenly realm. Wow, that's something. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, maybe some young couples need to hear this right now. Fighting, yes, there is an element of it that's dysfunctional, but then there's a part of it that, I don't know, it breaks down stuff that needs to be broken down between people. Very true. 
I mean, if it wasn't for that argument, we would have never reached the point of prayer or of getting to the core reason why we weren't, um, you know, fully happy being together and fully, you know, felt connected like we needed to. And I think it's, you know, without an argument, um, you know, some an argument can be defined as various things, right? It can be very heated or it can be uh, uh, just a discussion of some sort. Um, but I think it is good to describe how you're feeling and describe how you perceive the world and perceive the other other person's role in it mm -hmm. um, to make sure that you're you're aligned and you're on the same page together. And it doesn't have to be condemning, right? It doesn't have to be you said this and you always do this, right? It it should be I, this is what I feel. What do you think? Or how can we work this out? I just think God was up there like, ooh, they're fighting over me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's probably what caught the attention of God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Sister G and I may or may not have fought, do fight. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? After a fight, I don't know. I don't feel hate. I feel love. Right. And it's, it's been that way with me and my dad. And I, I have my, he's my dad and my pastor. Sometimes after those heated discussions, I, I never feel hated. I actually somehow feel loved and closer, mm -hmm. you know? Wow. That's good. It's a part of a uh, relationships. Oh, that's something. Wow. What a story. Wow. And, and then you all got married in 2020, right? We did. Yeah. See, did. that's just beautiful. I mean, you look, you read in the new Testament, it's Joseph and Mary. Uh, both very uncertain about the marriage thing, but God, no telling all the fights that happened there that we don't know about. Right. <laughs> it, it, yeah, Adam and Eve, no telling how many fights they had after after um, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but they mm -hmm. stuck they it out. They definitely weren't on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and a part of life is, you know, choosing your education and your career. Your marriage, all the children, everything. And having God in the middle of it all is how it prospers. It's how it grows. And it's a beautiful thing. Wow. Very good. Any final words for us, Sister Nusheen? I would just say that to always, even, you know, through setting your financial goals and your relationship goals and um, every everything in between just making sure that we are focused on god and his kingdom and um god will, will will bless everything he will take care of it all and just keeping that in mind um as, as we go through this short life that we live here on earth awesome fantastic thank you so much for your time thank you as well Justin. yeah this is great all right, loyal listeners, at the conclusion of this episode, head on over to Spotify, type in Wired KC, and uh, let God bless your life and prosper in Jesus' name. Ladies and gentlemen, Sister Nusheen Shalari Bowman. Bowman.